2: Hello, fellow patriots, greetings, welcome, salutations, and Monday, Monday, can't trust that day, alohas to you. You're just in time as we get going with hour number two of the Bobby Mac Show. And as always, your input is invited, encouraged, and welcomed. Here is how you join me. Just grab the phone and give me a call at 800-347-1063. Or feel free to use the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line number 71307. Joined this afternoon by Paris Denard. Paris is the uh, senior communications advisor for the uh, Trump campaign and has uh, joined us on the program before. Hey, Paris, how are you?
3: I'm great. Thanks for having me again.
2: You bet. My pleasure. And uh, happy birthday to you in advance.
3: Well thank you that's very kind. My birthday is on August 18th. I do appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I uh, I I took a peek. I, I like to do that and as it turns out uh your birthday precedes mine by one day although there are a, a substantial number of uh years in between, apparently. <laughs> well,
3: well, well I, happy early birthday to you too. Great great <laughs> people
4: are born in August, Leo's. Here.
2: Yeah, that's right. You you know how uh how leos change a light bulb don't you paris how is that uh we stand still holding the bulb and wait for the world to revolve around us
3: <laughs> that's so funny i love it i you love
2: know, it <laughs> and and sadly kind of a truism about uh, leos as well well paris it's great to have you along it was a busy weekend of course uh the president cranking out executive orders Uh, I I guess the one that that probably is going to have the widest reach is the order that would postpone the collection of payroll taxes from uh, the 1st of September through the end of the year for everybody who earns less than $104,000 annually or less than $2,000 a week. And uh, this, this, according to uh, Larry Kudlow, senior economic advisor there at the White House, says the deferral could save the average American about 1200 bucks over four months beginning in September. I know that uh, the Democrats, you know, they, they always, whenever there's a discussion about uh, assistance for Americans, they always view it as a Christmas tree that they want to hang everything on their wish list on. And so as a result, they were getting nowhere, and kudos to the president for doing what he did. Well,
3: the president reluctantly um, had to had to do this. And I say reluctantly because he wanted the Congress to do their job. He wanted the Congress to work with the administration and come up with a bipartisan deal that was going to be good for all Americans. So the president had faith in his negotiators um, that he sent to the Hill to do that, his chief of staff, the Secretary of uh, the Treasury, and others. But Speaker Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and their team of Democrats uh, refused to 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 make a deal because they were more concerned about politics and and like you said, the Christmas wish list of the liberal radical liberal dream of everything and anything to put in there that it, to to just fill up. Of the coffers and to spend money that we should not be spending it on. This is about relief for COVID-19, and the president uh, reluctantly had to use his executive authority. But but he had no problem doing so because he knew that while he would have wished that the Congress have acted, he had no problem stepping up, being being the leader that we need in this time of crisis and getting it done for the American people. So whether it is a temporary uh, payroll um, attack uh, suspension uh, for right now, or if it's the extension of the extra benefit, we call it the COVID benefit for unemployment mm-hmm. right. workers. Uh, because let's be, let, your listeners have to know this, because the the, the, the left has not been saying this correctly, he neither has the media, the mainstream media. The, the What the president did was step in, because had he not that extra benefit would, would have gone away. Right. So if you're on unemployment right now, you'd have just received the standard unemployment b- 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 put out by your state. What the president stepped in and said, you know what, I will give an extra, uh, authorize an extra $400 so that it, it, it's above what you would normally get, but it's not going to put you at a, hopefully at a place where you'll be more profitable or benefit from mm-hmm. just, staying unemployed so that when we do come out of COVID nineteen and they open up this economy that you will not just stay on unemployment because you're making more unemployment. So four hundred dollars is 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 a good thing to add on to the unemployment and that's why the president did it. But it's be very clear, the president acted because Congress refused. The Democrats refused. The House Democrats refused to work with the with the with the with the, with the White House and with this president
2: yeah they were they were getting nowhere. Mitch McConnell said that uh, Pelosi and Schumer and the rest of them said, well, look, it's 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 our way or the highway and And many of us, many conservatives, would prefer, as you pointed out, Paris, uh, to have a a more constitutional way of handling this, where legislation is passed in the House and the Senate and then signed into law by the President that would solve these problems. And yet, you know, if the Democrats, uh, are recalcitrant to, to do anything in that direction, then essentially they're they're forcing the president's hand. And I, and I love the hypocrisy, because they're now turning around and saying, well, the president is taking all this executive power onto himself. They seem to forget that uh, their saintly hero, Barack Hussein Obama, did the very same thing, only he did it not on a temporary basis, he did it permanently with Obamacare, he did it with DACA. So they have very little room to complain here.
3: Well, they have very little room to complain, and you're absolutely right. But, uh, but again, the, the, what's, the sad thing is that these Democrats in Congress are more interested in obstruction and, and saying no and not cutting a deal because they're afraid to give President Trump a perceived win. Sure. And it's yeah. not about wins or losses right now. It's about doing what's right for the American people that are, that are truly hurting. Now, the economy is strong, and, and it is record, uh, you know, in terms of unemployment numbers going down, even on the face of COVID-19. That is happening because President Trump knows that raising taxes right now is not the smartest thing to do. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is talking about raising taxes if he were to win. So the president is, is acting and doing what he has to do because we're at a time of crisis. But with the other crisis that we're in, is a crisis of leadership in the Democrat Party, and they're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, they, they are not unified. They no. are in a, in a radical mode, and it's not good. And this issue about the payroll tax, you can go back to have other people like Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. and others that were for a payroll tax uh, relief, a tax cut uh, in the past because President Trump is proposing it now <laughs> in— in in the face of a, a global crisis, is having a disproportionate economic impact and a negative sense on the American economy and small business owners and American family. Now they're against it. It's hypocrisy.
2: Yeah, it is, and and it's uh, so typical of the Democrats. They were they were for something uh, before they were against it. Talking with Paris right. Denard, he's a, a senior uh, uh, campaign advisor. Uh, to the uh, Trump campaign and and specializes in how the Trump campaign is defecting, uh, is directing its efforts uh, towards the African-American community. Paris, some fascinating numbers out today. Uh, You may have already seen this, but in the Rasmussen monthly approval survey, President Trump holds a 36% approval rating with black voters. Uh, this this could be a stake through the heart of the Democrats' campaign.
3: Well, that, that's an impressive number, uh, and, it, and I believe it's part of what President Trump has been saying. There is a silent majority. You bet. And, and, and I think that people are, are remaining silent no more because they see the lawlessness and the rioting and the, and the violence and the deaths. Yeah. Uh, they, they see the, what the Democrats are offering them, which is nothing. When when Joe Biden's about raising your tax, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. Nobody – when you're trying to fight for your survival because local Democrats aren't opening up the economy, you know, the last thing you want to do is pay more taxes. It's it's insane. So I think that that Rasmussen poll is one that is very telling. I think there's another uh, interesting point CNN had pointed out, uh, surprisingly. They said that Joe Biden is underperforming in terms of the advantage he has over – uh, with the black vote in terms mm-hmm. of uh, Hillary Clinton, he's doing worse than Hillary Clinton did. Wow. that's not a good sign for him. No, it's not. Hillary wasn't. Hillary lost the election, not doing well with the black vote. And yep. if he's doing worse than she did. And President Trump, back to your Rasmussen poll, thirty-seven percent saying right now, that means President Trump is being effective in his in his engagement because he the, the black community and other. People all over the country see the sincerity and see the facts and the record, and they're saying, it's working, and he's working for me. He's fighting for me, and that's a good thing.
2: And conversely, uh, you've got Biden uh, asking a a black journalist if he's a junkie. I mean, what? (laughs) This guy has gone totally off the rails, Paris. I
3: mean, a a cocaine junkie at that, and I I guess because— his crime bill had crack cocaine sentences in there. I guess it makes him an <laughs> expert on these things. But it's really, really embarrassing yeah. to see Joe Biden say this. Not, and and people forget. These are just things he said that were bigoted as the, vice, as, as the vice president or just as a senator. These are things he's saying as the presidential nom- nominee right. for the Democrat Party in 2020.
2: It's out of control. And and this guy has a history of these yep. kinds of statements, Paris. I went went back and looked one up. Joe Biden, Senator from Delaware in nineteen seventy seven, talking about desegregation of schools and busing, which was certainly a volatile issue. Biden mm-hmm. said, and I quote him, unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle. The jungle being a racial jungle with tensions having built so high that it's going to explode at some point, we have got to make some move on this. So this guy has a history of this kind of stuff that goes back decades.
3: You, 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 you know, uh, what does it say? A zebra doesn't lose its stripes? Yeah, it's true. Joe it's Biden true. is not going to change uh, who he is at his core yeah. and what he believes at his core and the policies that he's put forth Uh, is what he believes to be good for the country, which is actually bad for the nation. And so I am not surprised that the enthusiasm level on his side is low. I'm not surprised that he's pandering desperately for the black vote in terms of trying to put a black woman on the Supreme Court, trying Mm -hmm. to put a black woman to be be, uh, the VP. I mean, and all of these statements claiming that he's running for president because of Charlottesville. Yeah, right. I mean— he 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 didn't care for forty some odd years because if he did he would have done something about criminal justice reform. And he, he certainly would have not called called black people predators. I mean, yeah, so right. it's it's all pandering and yeah. It's desperation.
2: Yeah, it is, and and it and it reveals, uh, Joe Biden uh, Joe Biden's heart and and what he truly believes. Paris Denardis, RNC senior communications advisor. Paris, always uh, good talking with you. I uh, hope you have a great birthday next week, and thanks for taking time to join us today. Thank you likewise my friend. You bet take care sir. 419 here on the Bobby Mac show. Quick break here and then be right back with more as we cruise on here on Monday on WORT Years ago, I had a, a program director at a music radio station, and uh, his, uh, his byword always was when I would say, "What, uh, what should I do if I uh, run out of music?" They give you you know, a music list to play each hour. Uh, what should I do if I run out of music and, and I still have time left in the hour?" And he used to uh, always say, "When in doubt, play the Beatles." <laughs> little day tripper for you. 426 here on the Bobby Mac Show. Back to the phones we go, beginning with Jim, who is in beautiful TR, Traveler's Rest. Hello, Jim. How you doing?
4: Hi, Bob. Doing great. Excellent. Uh, two things. One, uh, your interview answered my first question. I was going to try to get a clearance on what Trump was doing. My stepson came down the other day when I was working in the yard. He's Mm -hmm. walked up to me because he knows I'm Trump supporter. Right. And he says, well, Trump just killed Social Security. And I said, you're (laughs) fully, you know what? And um, and what's really made him mad or hurt him or something. He walked off. Right. And I was trying to figure out what is he talking about? Well, I just read something on The Washington Post three hours ago. Mm -hmm. And it quote, it says, quote, Following order on payroll tax, Trump threatens to kill Social Security <laughs> in, if he's reelected. And I thought, well, what's Trump going to do to kill Social Security? And then right. I heard the other news clip that says he has um, eliminated the payroll tax for people that are making under $250,000, mm-hmm. or uh, under $100,000. Under, under 100000 right. Under 100000 right. I said, well, all he's doing is giving him a break. It's not forever. It's just to the end of the year. Correct. See, that's what happens. He's, he's a little bit older than a millennial, but he's um, uh, he's gone over to the dark side. Yeah, um,
2: that's that's sad. He, and, he, and, and next time he yeah. wants to bring up Social Security, you might want to ask him, how many increases in Social Security payments uh, did uh, recipients get under Obama? <laughs> yeah.
4: Yes, well, yeah. i'm eighty and and I missed three years in a row
2: there you go right and yeah. and of course, one of the first things that President Trump did was restore the increase percentage on you know the annual the cola yes the uh, percentage yes. increase each year to social security and it's not gigantic, but look every no. every every bit helps when you're on a fixed it income does.
4: it does, yep uh the other thing real quick i used to live in the san fernando valley in california oh, i lived there from 1967 to 1979 mm-hmm. and i was out there doing two big earthquakes i had uh, two dogs in the backyard and uh every time before we had an earthquake those dogs would be running around like crazy in a circle in the backyard wow uh, trying to find some kind of shelter right and then uh I was there same time you were when they had a real big earthquake. I think it was in uh, seventy three, four, five somewhere in there
2: somewhere in that range, and I don't recall where right offhand, but it it was a big one.
4: I watched the sidewalk make a wave, just like you could see a wave in the ocean going up yep. and down like that
2: mm-hmm. and And I was I think I was on like the fourth floor. Uh, in my hotel uh, near Hollywood, and and I went to sleep in the bed, and I woke up on the floor.
4: I was going to say you were high enough that they really shook you around. Yeah,
2: it it threw me completely out of the rack.
4: <laughs> yep. Okay, Bobby. Appreciate what you do. Have a great day.
2: Thank you, Jr. You too. I appreciate uh, the call. Good to have you, Jim. Appreciate it. Four thirty here on the Bobby Mack Show. Annie's ready in the news center. I'm right back on the other side. Oh, we have a. Uh, a new addition to the quarantine files today that deals with all this mask business. Uh, we'll, we'll squeeze that in here uh, between now and, and five as well. So stay right there here on the Bobby Mac show on Monday.
1: If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame.
3: Two more two more.
1: You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Hey, by the way, uh, before I uh, forget about it, congratulations to 23-year-old Colin Murakawa. Uh, He is the new PGA golf champion for this year. He hit uh, two amazing shots in a row yesterday. The uh, 16th hole on uh, the course they were playing there in San Francisco was a drivable par four. And he hit his tee shot to about seven or eight feet onto the green and made the putt for an Eagle 2 uh, that put him in control of the tournament. Uh, congratulations to him. He seems like a, a really nice young man. And he did have uh, one fumble. The uh, Wanamaker Trophy that they present to the winner of the PGA is, if it's not the biggest trophy in golf, it, it's, it's right up there. And uh, as they presented him the trophy, it has handles on the sides. And the thing is huge. And he lifted it up, and he didn't know... And neither did I. Uh, the top on the trophy is removable. It all looks like one huge trophy. So he picked it up and he swooped it up, and when he did, the top <laughs> fell off and bounced around in the grass. Uh, he had uh, he had a funny look on his face and so kind of you know, eh? sorry, you know, my bad. Uh, but he uh, he played great and he he beat one of the strongest fields in golf to win. So I'm sure that we will hear the name of. Colin Murakawa uh, some more in the future. To the phones we go. Thanks for patiently waiting. James is next up, and he is in Greenville. Hi, James, and welcome to the program. Hey, Bobby, Mack. thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Uh, we were talking a while ago about
3: Joe Biden and, you know, his past racial comments, and, of course, we know what he really feels and believes and mm-hmm. and some things some, some key words came up like hypocrisy, uh, you know, integrity and things like that. And I I just wanted to comment about, you know, these colored women that he's going to have on his ticket. What does that really say about their principles? I mean, you got somebody like Kamala Harris who's willing to dress him down completely on the debate stage, but now
2: all's forgiven just because she's got the chance to step in when he becomes inept. Great point. It just blows me away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it we know what drives all politicians from uh, from both parties. It it it's just that uh to me uh the ones in the progressive Marxist controlled Democrat Party uh, seem to be even more hypocritical than most.
3: Yeah, I would
4: agree.
2: Uh, Thank that you, was Judge. really all I wanted to say. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for the call. So I'm I'm looking around here. Uh, Because there's all kinds of uh, coast-to-coast, border-to-border. We keep seeing these incidents uh, involving masks. And we, uh, through the entire business with uh, quarantining and and all the rest, uh, came up with our our musical uh, tributes to various aspects of the Wuhan flu shamdemic. And um, we're we're not the only ones. Uh, I was sent this uh, over the weekend, and I forwarded along uh to Moneypenny for us to a share on the show. Uh, Catherine sent this to me. I think this was posted. Uh, this was on somebody somebody's Facebook page, Moneypenny. Is that right? And I'm trying to remember what uh, the uh, fella's name is. Let me quickly look, and I can yeah right uh and 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 i thought i don't know how we overlooked this one because it is a a perfect fit so uh without further ado here is today's quarantine uh which is uh, entitled covid mask and is to the tune of the monster mash
5: calling all cars all cars. Man trying to enter an office building on 4th and Main with no mask. Repeat, no mask. I woke into my job late last week when my code
2: Well, it's rebooting. Sorry, we're streaming it. Yeah. Money Penny's uh, reloading it. Sometimes when
5: we stream stuff. There anyway. Man trying to enter an office building on 4th and Main with no mask, repeat, no mask. I woke into my job late last week when my co-workers all began to freak. They started cursing and began to shout and said quite rudely as the boss threw me out. You need a mask. I need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seemed a lot to ask. To wear a mask. To do a simple task, Put on a mask. I need a COVID mask. Made it mandatory almost every place we that we can't be seen unless we hide our face. Mask. I can't even leave my humble COVID abode mask. without something covering my mouth and nose. We need a mask. We need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seems a lot to us. To wear a mask. Can't even mow my grass without a Without a COVID mask, this mask wearing isn't fun and the snitching has now begun my neighbor called the hotline cause my dog wasn't wearing one walking through the mall a woman's voice did ring Seems she was troubled by just one thing she pointed to the door shook her fist and said what are you trying to do you jerk make everybody sick forgot his mask forgot my COVID covid mask Nobody gets a pass. That stupid mask. Can't even pump my gas. Without a mask. Without a COVID mask. Honey, I'm home. What do you want? I need to come in and get my mask.
0: Don't daddy in the house, mommy. He's not wearing his mask. No mask, no entry. Sorry.
2: But honey.
0: You should have taken it with you.
2: <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, Dean Officer is a fella's name. Uh, his, uh, his... Contribution to our Quarantunes files uh, entitled uh, merely uh, COVID Mask. To the tune, of course, of uh, Monster Mash from Bobby Boris Pickett back in the uh, early 60s. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. All right, so uh, now uh, I was just taking a peek at the ESPN website. There is nada zip zero zilch on this story. Uh, with the headline, and this is from the, uh, this is from the Freep, uh, which uh, is what the people in uh, Detroit uh, call the uh, Detroit Free Press. That's the uh, colloquial name for it, the Freep. Sources say Big Ten votes to cancel football season. Uh, no games in 2020. And, and earlier on Fox, uh, they had a, uh, a scroll Uh, Moving across the screen that said uh, the Pac-12 also now uh, may be canceling their football season. This whole business, if it is truly uh, designed to affect every aspect or as many as possible of the lives of everyday Americans. But, you know, you've got these elitist uh, pinheads in the ivory towers of academia, and they want to you know make things as bad as they possibly can i guess being uh, down for the struggle progressives and woke and all that but man have they stopped to to contemplate uh, how much money the universities are going to be losing with all their tenured professors making 250 a year who teach one class a month uh we'll we'll take a look at uh, at this i still skeptical about the truthfulness of this report because uh, these are just sources say, and uh, nothing official yet, but man, they end up canceling college football and, and downstream from that. I mean, I don't care about the NFL anymore. They're going to do, you know, all this BLM stuff. Uh, They can have it. Uh, But the ramifications uh, are going to be intense Quarter before five here on the Bobby Mack Show. Be right back here on WORD. 4.52 4.52 now, 8 before 5. I know that many people have been uh, really chomping uh, at the bit for the college football season to come back and, and give us some sense of normalcy and, and something to enjoy and look forward to. Uh, here's some of the details from the story in the Detroit Free Press this morning. See you later, college football. The Big Ten has voted to cancel the 2020 college football season in a historic move that stems from concerns related to the ongoing uh, coronavirus pandemic. Multiple people with knowledge of the decision confirmed to the Detroit paper. The sources requested anonymity because they were not authorized to speak publicly on the decision. A formal announcement expected tomorrow, the sources said. The presidents voted 12-2 to yesterday to end fall sports in the conference. Only Nebraska and Iowa voted to play. A message to confirm the decision had not yet been returned from the Big Ten office. The Chicago Tribune reported that a top-level Big Ten source texted that no final decisions have been made. The Columbus Dispatch newspaper there reported that as of this afternoon, Ohio State had not yet been ordered to suspend practices. The move comes two days after the Mid-America Conference became the first in the FBS to cancel its season. So we'll have to wait and see. And there was a report also on uh, Fox News earlier this afternoon that the Pac-12 has done the same. Uh, The ACC, the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, and Pac-12, known as the Power Five Conferences, could, of course, stand to lose billions if the college football season is canceled due to the pandemic. Sources told ESPN the Power Five conference commissioners met yesterday to discuss the possibility of not playing football in the fall. However, no decisions were ultimately made. Big Ten presidents are reportedly ready to nix college football and wanted to see whether other conferences were feeling the same. The financial toll on the schools could be devastating, Patrick Rishi, the director of the sports business program at Washington University in St. Louis, told ESPN in May that schools stand to lose billions. He estimated the schools in the Power Five conferences could lose more than $4 billion in total football revenues and at least $1.2 billion due to lost ticket revenue. Anywhere from 75 up to almost 85% of all revenues to our departments are derived directly or indirectly from football. Said Oregon State Athletics Director Scott Barnes, indirectly, I mean scholarship dollars, multimedia rights, then you've got your gate, your donations and whatnot. The impact of not playing a season would be devastating. It would rock the foundation of intercollegiate athletics the way we know it. Uh, The mayor uh, of uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Walt Maddox, told reporters in June his city would lose up to $2 billion if Alabama's football season is canceled. It would be economically catastrophic for Tuscaloosa if there is no football season even a mitigated season with restricted attendance and number of ball games would have dire economic consequences. Maddox said the city was losing $600,000 per week when the campus was closed due to the pandemic. It's about a hotel owner being to pay his, being able to pay his or her employees. It's about a restaurant being able to pay their small business loan. It's about a family trying to make their mortgage payment. It's more than just a game. Take a a quick break here and news top of the hour and then 5 o'clock Follies are on the way next here on WORD on Monday.